It's All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence with another episode of Off the Road. The complete series is at hawaiipublicradio.org slash off the road, and you can find links there to subscribe to the latest episodes on Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts. Today, an interesting perspective on the return of the concert business with Danny Zalesko, a concert promoter based in Arizona who does shows in many nearby states, too. You can see his roster of upcoming concerts at dzplive.com which is also where you can learn more about his recent book, All Excess, Occupation Concert Promoter, filled with stories and insights from his career. Danny's tight with two rock industry figures connected to the Valley Isle, manager Shep Gordon and his famous client Alice Cooper. And we caught up with Danny while he was vacationing on Maui. Well, first and foremost, thank you very much for uh, taking some time for us and a big mahalo. I appreciate the opportunity. It's so cool to be on here. This is my second home, and and, uh, I I don't do a whole lot over here, so it's really great. And we will hear a fun story, actually, including some of your Hawaii connections in a moment. But as a uh, concert promoter doing shows and all kinds of venues, you're sort of a good person to ask just a few questions about the current state of the concert business as tours begin to resume. And I know you just started doing a few shows. I'm guessing things are picking up. We get busier in August, and then September is off the charts. You know, what's been happening ever since March of 2020, every month, every two months, we move shows that were in March, April to May, June, July, and then April came around, and it didn't look like, you know, everybody was thinking things were going to get better a lot faster. Right. I mean, nobody could conceive of this going on for this long back then. But we were playing hopscotch on the calendar every month, every other month, thinking that, you know, things would restore and go back to normal. So fortunately, most everybody kept their tickets and we we kept the shows, most of them, if not close to all of them, alive. Um, But unfortunately, you know, timing-wise, after a year of this going on, you know, in March, they started moving June shows or April started moving June shows, but nobody could tell what was going to happen. So, yeah, by August, September, we're back at full strength. And then these shows that are going to be coming up in terms of things like social distancing, for example, and lower capacities, is there any of that? Have any of these bands ended up having to take like a lower guarantee that equates to a lower capacity to accommodate the social distancing? You know, I can't speak to everywhere, but in in my personal case, I didn't do shows while this was going on because it's impossible to ask big name artists to play for a fraction of what they normally would. Their take on it was, let's just wait until we can do it the right way. And according to what we're seeing right now, uh, I mean, I I don't want to mandate masks. I don't want to mandate social distancing. I want people to go to shows the way they used to going to shows. Now, if people feel more comfortable wearing masks, I think it's going to be up to the to the person to do whatever it is they feel comfortable with. But I don't think we can mandate, you know, an all mask concert or or social distancing concert. Or I would have done that already. And and uh, I chose not to because I don't think that's the way people want to look down from the stage and see an audience six feet apart. It's just so distracting. Okay, so the answer would be all the shows are going to be at full capacity, no social distancing, and then the masks are basically optional. Exactly. And by and large, 
at least for now, and I hope forever, uh, it seems as though we're pretty much back to normal. I hesitate saying that just because it's been so long since I've said that. Right. I, I feel like the biggest part of this problem is past us. Well, we appreciate getting the update from someone on your end of the business, and it adds to what we've been hearing from artists, too. And uh, turning to this book you've got, which chronicles your career in the uh, concert business since the early 1970s, it's packed with stories, among them early on, one that connects to both Sheb Gordon and Alice Cooper, as well as perhaps the greatest concert promoter of all time, the late, great Bill Graham. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was because of an Alice show that I met Shep. In 72 and 73, which are the two years before I started promoting, I was hired on a, on by chance to do security at the first Alice show of his Billion Dollar Babies tour, which was in Tucson, Arizona, at the very beginning of May 1973. And I was a, a security guard at that show. Right. And my first real introduction to Shep was... Shep running me over as I'm on my way to get an injury I sustained while doing security. And Shep and Bill Graham were in a fist fight and they knocked me over while I was on my way to the medic tent because Bill had apparently uh, thrown Alice's dad out of backstage for not wearing his pass. And Shep took exception to it and they belted each other. And this went on for minutes. They were throwing haymakers. They were kicking, scratching, elbows, biting, you name it, whatever they could do. And they were a bloody mess. It scared the hell out of me. But at, at the very end of it, Shep's walking away and he, he issued a few more expletives to Bill. And as he's walking by me, he blinks one eye and smiles at me and goes, got him. <laughs> well, that's great. You got all these cool Hawaii connections. And uh, you mentioned him. And I guess it's an important way to circle back because literally when, when people think of the word concert promoter, certainly in Hawaii, um, we had Tom Moffat. So people here would have Tom as like their, their centerpiece. But if, if you were from the mainland, per, perhaps, and you grew up with the rock and roll world around you, you, you would know that there was one guy, and you refer to him this way in the book too, there was just one guy who kind of was like the guy. And there's so many other great ways that the legendary, the late, great Bill Graham comes up take us back to that early experience you had. I think it was the first time, it was even before, if I have this right, you saw the, the fist fight incident in Arizona. You were trying to break into the concert business and you were in the San Francisco Bay Area in Berkeley, as I recall. It was a Yes, Edgar Winter show. Johnny was going to be showing up. And I think that was your first ever encounter with Bill. Exactly. That was July of 72. Um, I moved to Berkeley directly following my graduation from high school. And we got a second floor walk up me and, and, and a couple that I went there with. And the guy downstairs was an usher at the Berkeley Community Theater. So we moved in and the next day was the Allman Brothers. He said, when I met this guy, Jerry, he goes, come to the show tonight, I'll sneak you in. So I went in and I met this guy called Twigs who befriended me and by the end of the night, he was giving me advice on what to do because I wanted in this business. He told me to show up at the next show and just start unloading equipment and act like I belonged. So the next day, Edgar Winter and Yes were playing and the Yes truck shows up and there I was. And I just kind of, you know, smoothed my way onto the truck, 
like I knew what I was doing. And I just started helping unload gear. And, and for effect, um, I spoke with an English accent to the San Francisco guys. And, and I spoke normal to the English guys. So everybody would think I was with the other guy. And that worked all day long until dinner time. And Bill Graham comes walking and everybody's, hey, Bill, hey, Bill, hey, Bill. And I'm sitting there eating. And as I'm eating, I'm in mid-bite. He picks me up by the car and goes, does anybody know who this kid is? <laughs> and, uh, and everybody said, oh, he's with yes. No, he's not. He's with you. And, uh, you know, I got busted. And, <laughs> and he, he, he admired the fact that I got through a whole day without getting caught. And he looked at everybody around the room like he was going to kill him for not knowing better because that's obviously a security risk, even in 1972. Right. And he kept me by his side the rest of the day. And um, he goes, come with me. We're going to go get Johnny Winter. Um, he's going to be getting dropped off behind the theater. And uh, you can carry the guitar. And he brought his Flying V with him. And he went to play with Edgar. He'd just gotten out of rehab that day. And, you know, it all happened and it was magical. And I mean, it's like it happened yesterday as far as I'm concerned, but that's 48 years ago. It's concert promoter Danny Zalisco sharing insights into the concert industry, along with stories from his recent book, All Excess Occupation Concert Promoter. Tomorrow we'll wrap it up, including more stories that connect to some legendary artists that call Hawaii home. Find this in the complete Off the Road series at hawaiipublicradio.org slash off the road and subscribe to the latest episodes on Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts. I'm Dave Lawrence.
nothing before, but uh, yes, I believe it can be very easily done. 